The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone, you are listening to Sister Speak, you're here with me Farin and we also have in the studio Lamisa Assalamu alaikum Lamisa, how are you? Wa alaikum assalam, I'm good thank you Farin, how are you? I'm okay, I'm a bit tired but <laughs> we move um, So today's topic is, the topic name is different generations, different perspectives So we're just going to talk about aging, growing up, being old, a bit about society, the values that we hold as the youth generation And as our hot topic, we're going to be speaking about Nohaila Benzina, I hope I pronounced that right, which is the first hijabi at the World Cup. But before we get into all of that, let me start. Would you like to tell everyone what our show is about, please? Yep. So our, part, our show is a platform for uh, Muslim girls and women to voice their opinions on various uh, kind of issues, whether that be in the news, like current topics or general topics. Um, so yeah, we just want to let everyone know that all views and opinions are our own and we respect all other similar or opposing views and opinions. Thank you. And you can get in touch with us and you can let us know any thoughts. And how can they do this, Lemisa? They can call in on 01582481822. Please do feel free to call. We'd love to hear you. Um, or you can WhatsApp in to 0779481822. We also have an Instagram page at Sister Speak. So if you don't want to call during the live, you can always send us a message. We'll be happy to respond <laughs> so before we get into our hot topic and our topic we have a lot to, to, to talk about we're gonna i'm gonna ask you let me start what's your thought of the week which is a segment that we do where we just say anything random any anecdote let me start <laughs> she's dreading it a little bit but yeah if you would like hmm what should i do for my thought for the week um i guess this is interesting we meet so many different types of people uh all the time and i guess at the beginning you never really know who you're going to get along with or who you're not going to get along with. And then I find it interesting, you know, as time goes by, you end up developing a story with loads of different types of people. Um, and I think it's it's always interesting when I meet someone new, I always think about like what what is our relationship going to be like, essentially. Um, and it's funny because a lot of the time I am pretty spot on with <laughs> Um, so I know like usually I get a vibe from a person that I'm going to get along well with them and it turns out I do actually get along well with them I'm like wow I I knew that from the beginning but I think it's just interesting you know we have so many different stories with the people that we meet in life Um, yeah it's that different spark isn't it when you first meet someone Mm. and is it you know what people tend to say that the person that you start hating the most is the is the person you're going to be like best friends with that was my case Mm. this girl came in new to our class and i was like you like i don't i don't think i'm gonna like her blah blah blah. then we got got sat i was such a hater when i was in primary okay Mm, okay, (laughs) then we got sat together and we then we just started being best friends you never know and i feel feel like that's like kind of the magic behind meeting people and talking to people you never know what you know your story is going to be with them yeah definitely it's, it's so important as well to not be to not have like a close mindset on who you're going to meet Very because appar- uh, like appearances is not everything mm-hmm. and you can you can see someone that's i don't know for, for me for example i see a hijabi and i'm like okay we're going to be friends but it doesn't have to be just that one person you know that of one a specific group yeah of course um, keep your keep your mind always open when you're meeting people yeah, and when definitely. you're having conversation. I feel like um, there are times when I'm just a bit like, oh, I don't necessarily, you know, vibe with this person as well. And then as time goes on, that person really grows on me. So um, sometimes it just takes time. Yeah. It does. What do you What do you say? What would you say are some signs that you vibe with someone? That I vibe with someone. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I for, with a lot of things in life, I go with a gut feeling. And so on first like. First impressions, if I get a good gut feeling from you, then I'm pretty sure we're going to get along well. Um, what are some signs? If you laugh at my jokes, I'm probably going <laughs> to like you. That's just... Uh, <laughs> even if they're bad. That's just... Even if they're bad. I never make bad jokes, though, so that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence. <laughs> if, you laugh, if you laugh at my jokes, I'm probably going to get along well with you. And I think just, just being an easygoing type of person, I feel like I don't... People who are... who. I know a lot of people do have walls up and and they might have various reasons for that. Um, but I think me personally, I'm quite an easygoing person, I like to think. I feel I'm, like very new to you because you met me in a different context. 
I'm going to share an experience that I had with Lamisa. So sure, go ahead. First impressions aren't everything. I'm telling you now, my first impression when I first joined a Sister Speak, I thought Lamisa was so closed off. And I thought, oh my God, she, I, out of everyone, I mm. thought you were the most intimidating really? one. As we as we like went along, we were coming up, we were hanging out. Then I thought, oh, Lamisa, you're the most easygoing of all of us. Mm. That's what I'm saying. First impressions are and everything. And yeah. even though I got that gut feeling that you're saying yeah. that, oh, she's intimidating. I don't think she's going to like me. You ended up liking me. <laughs> Do you think first impressions are really that important? I don't think they're important. I think they're fun to kind of go through. Um, I love hearing people's first impressions of each other. And I know. Me. I love hearing <laughs> stuff about myself. <laughs> Fuel my ego. Um, but I feel like um, it's not, no, it's not important because like we said, you never know what your story is going to be with that person. Um, and you know the types of experiences that you might have with them the fun times the not so fun times all of that stuff we can't tell um so yeah yeah definitely and you know the the thing where they say you have different personalities with i've heard this thing so many times you have different do do you agree with that i think you kind of you kind of have different relationship with every single one of your friends so obviously your the way you speak the way you are it depends on the trust that's in that friendship so obviously you're going to change you're not going to be the same monotone person with every single person Mm. that's very true that's very true and each situation also is different when you're at work when you're at school when you're outside of all of those situations everything is going to be slightly different i think in essence you're the same person but it's shown in different fonts yeah definitely yeah Yeah. (laughs) wow that's really really true i love using the word fonts you know you're the same person in different fonts yeah thank you let me say do you want to add anything else to your third of the week no i think that's it i don't know if as a host i'm allowed to share my third of the week but i'm just gonna do it anyways of course you are share your third (laughs) of the week um uh, my third of the week i've been thinking a lot about arrogance and Mm. i think i always say this but uh, being humble for me is a quality that i need to see in every single person that i meet it's like essential essential to me because I just had many experiences where I see people thinking that they're above someone. For example, if you go to, I don't know, a corner shop, then the person that's right in front of you, they deserve the same respect that you're going to give to, I don't know, the president or whoever you're meeting. So I think being nice and respectful, I know this sounds a bit like be nice, flowers and sunshine, but honestly, being nice and respectful to everyone, it doesn't cost you anything. And it's really important to understand that you, I'm not above you, you're not above me. You know, the only great thing in this world is a lot and at the end of the day that's where we're gonna go so it doesn't matter if i can't like for example if you have a lot of cars then i'm not gonna see i'm not i'm gonna feel that i'm not up to your standard because you have a lot of cars but that's not what matters to me what matters to me is how you treat people how you talk with everyone what respect you give to other people and arrogance is a is a quality that you really don't want to have and because this dunya is temporary at the end of the day so you're not gonna take anything that's from here to the grave you're not going to take anything like that so that's why i just didn't think about about this because i had an experience and we were at a corner shop Mm -hmm. no i think yeah something like that and this uh two girls came in and they said they were obviously the guy at the corner shops maybe he didn't speak that much english or whatever so they they knew so they started going oh i deserve to take this for free i deserve to take this for free and i was like i just feel like so bad for him because i empathize a lot with a lot of people like that because i saw my parents in that position Mm -hmm. being the immigrants they don't know the language and it's so important that he's there he's doing his job he's trying to get income for his family and you're just here trying to ruin his day because he doesn't speak the same language so stuff like this makes me really really angry and at the moment i didn't do anything because i was like maybe they're gonna tell me something as well so but it's i think it's really important to speak up and i think this was a bit of a rant but honestly take from my summary for the thought of the week is never think you're above anyone else and never think that anyone's above you we all are in the same line we're all gonna go to the same place and it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account how much cars you have how many houses you owe which is all great if you have it but it doesn't matter uh, when you're speaking to someone a hundred percent well that was really nicely said I think also with arrogance is is something that creeps up on us and we don't realize it. So just being sure to keep ourselves in check. This is advice for me, first and foremost, to always look back and think about in these situations, why did I interact with that person in the way I did? And was there was there was arrogance one of the reasons kind of behind it? Um, Because if it is, it's something you really need to flush out. And it's it's a hard thing to do. But check yourself, humble yourself, um, because we're not you know, we're all the same as each other at the end of the day. And like you said, we all deserve respect and kindness. 
Yeah. So that's going to be our thought for the week. We all have the same heartbeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter what else we have. And this was my bit of a uh, rant, but I really want any, everyone out there to know that, you know, arrogance is not a quality to have. And if you do have arrogance or maybe you feel like you have, then it's really easy to work on it. And yeah, that's it for my thought of the week. It was great. Thank you for sharing. Let me say your thought of the week as well. Now we're going to move on to our hot topics. So before we get into that, I'm just going to read the hot topics. So this um, hijabi football player, Nohaila Benzina, she was wearing the hijab at the World Cup, which I think is a really good what could you say is a really good development i think she's the first one so seeing that representation is obviously really nice for everyone so i'm just going to read uh the bbc news a bit of a summary so everyone gets in context so young muslim footballers say nohalia benzina is the role model after she made history by wearing a hijab at the women's world cup um she wore it as a at a senior tournament when morocco beat south korea and it was the hijab in football plays was banned by the game's governing body and and then after 2014 they allowed the players to wear it for religious reasons so i'm just gonna ask you Lemisa, what do you think of this great representation that we have and this because i think it's such a good she's such a great role model for every little kid every little girl that's that wants to be a football player because first there's so much discrimination because at first it's football which is considered a men's sport and then she's a woman and then she's a hijabi she's muslim so what do you think Remisa? i think that it is like you said it's truly great um if in terms of representation in various careers um i think we definitely do need that i feel like there are a lot of career paths that we kind of seem closed off to because we haven't seen anyone do it before um, so the more and more we get people who are doing it in a halal way, she's wearing her hijab while she's playing her sport um, and she's making sure that, you know, she is covered and things like that within the realms of like our religion. Um, it just goes to show that we can do these things and we can do them within the realms of our religion. It's not restricting us in any way, which I think is um, something, a misconception that people might get because we don't necessarily see the representation definitely you should never be apologetic for your faith i think doing you can do anything you're just wearing a hijab you know and um seeing this and seeing a football player seeing i think any hijabi that i've seen in like um you know you know when we did our show for higher representation and muslim women and stuff like that that show was really good because there's so many fields in where there are hijabis and when i was younger i used to think on and they're not going to take me because I'm wearing my hijab. And it has happened to a lot of uh, my mom's friends. They used to wear the hijab when they used to go do their job. It wasn't allowed. So they had to take it off. Oh, no. And it's like we were it, at that time we were going backwards. But now as, as um, times go, time goes uh, you know, by and we're getting the world is being more like open minded about every religion and stuff like that. Then it's so normalized not to wear it, isn't it? And it's really good also for for the the young girls for this generation the next generation is going to be like oh the second hijabi world cup did this and that and have you had do you think that hijab should no obviously shouldn't be restricted wait let me form my question in my head <laughs> you go what, what any thoughts you have now <laughs> any thoughts for the question i think that um you know it's good because like i was saying when we were younger we didn't necessarily see people wearing the scarf and doing various different careers and I do feel like we need our future generation to not just be in the few set careers that we think are okay but rather um, go into various career paths and then show people what Islam really is in those career paths as well Um, so yeah yeah, I found my question. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you, Lisa. That's all right. So, um, I remember when I was uh, when I was young, mm-hmm. uh, my my parents because they obviously they're immigrants and stuff, and they were also adapting to um, uh, you know being in the country and learning the language and stuff like that. They used to say, "Don't go out wearing any cultural clothes because they're gonna like you know in the train and stuff when people don't sit next to you." So, do you think that our parents and kind of when we were growing up, did that kind of make a thought in you that oh, I'm restricted to do it just because people are going to think that because I'm wearing it? Does it make sense? Mm, I see. I see. And I think your experience is very much shaped because you grew up in Spain, right? Yeah. And maybe because I'm not sure what the history of um, like immigration from 
kind of our like Indian subcontinent over to Spain is I feel like in the UK it's been happening for a while like people are kind of used to it so I do get your question I feel like I haven't faced it I feel like maybe my dad and his sisters may have faced that growing up I think we're quite lucky in our generation that a lot of people are used to it I still feel like people do feel no I actually to be fair let me backtrack I feel like people do feel quite um what's the word uncomfortable perhaps to go out in in their cultural clothing even now even to this day because of how they might be perceived and I think that your the fears that your parents did have are very valid fears um because I know there was a time when people would be like oh if you're walking like if you're out by yourself and you're wearing a scarf be careful and like train platforms and things like that um so I think that's very much there um I guess with the more and more that we see Muslim women doing things and you know these these things become more and more visible um hopefully the less of those reactions we'll see like the um you know anti kind of yeah Yeah. wearing a scarf or anti you know cultural clothing things like that yeah definitely and (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like i love that you you use the word generation because that's gonna be our topic so for example in my parents generation when when they were in spain there was a first generation from family so they were really being really wary of what they were wearing because obviously they don't speak the language they're already going to be you know adapting and stuff like that so um, it does depend on their experiences and i think in luton everything everything is so yeah asian luton yeah luton is is a different slightly luton different case great <laughs> <laughs> i know lomisa is a really luton fan but i think i'm gonna become a luton fan as well because you honestly to, everyone should be a luton fan everyone should be a luton fan if you're from luton and you don't like luton what are you doing i'm joking i'm not i'm not i don't want to discriminate everyone but and it's, anyways when i came to luton i saw so many people that are like from india and you know when i was living in spain there were only like two three people and you couldn't even tell they were Indian, Pakistani, whatever, because we all used to wear Western clothes. Mm. So it, it, we didn't have that, you know, cultural kind of sentiment. Let's say, how much do you think social media has impacted the, you know, the hijabi visibility? Not even hijabi, just, you know, Asian women, like Pakistani, Indian, anything being in higher roles. Oh, I think like it's it has affected it massively. It has made it so much more normalized. People see that, um, you know, people see we not only us but like the wider community see muslim women in various roles and you have loads of influencers showing their daily life of what it's like to be for example a ceo or it's like to be you know working in finance or things like that um and it's nice to see because you see people who have gone into these fields and they're doing well um and i think for a lot of people even if it's not like even subconsciously it will be there like these people are there and i see it so there's no limit as to what i can i can do yeah, and there is no limit of, of what we can do. The fact that we're wearing this, it doesn't restrict us from doing anything. And if I want to go, for example, be a football player, then I can do it. We yeah. can do anything we want. What would you say? What would you want to do? What would I want to do? As a hobby. Obviously, let me say everyone, she's in medical school, so she's really <laughs> busy. But as a hobby. As a hobby. F- fly planes. Fly, what? Yeah. What is that? Flying plane, like being a pilot. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you know what you just, you're just remi- reminding me of um, of a story. So there was I had this not this friend. I'm just gonna say someone that I know, and she used to be a flight attendant. <laughs> she yeah. used to be no because we're not in the same age range. Sure, she was sure. like 35 or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. But um, she used to be a flight attendant, and she told me this. She told me this beautiful story. So she in her breaks she used to read um, you know those Islamic books about wearing the hijab and stuff like that and. Uh, with a flight attendant you obviously have your uniform and stuff like that mm-hmm. and she quit her job just because she felt like she felt so empty that she wasn't wearing the hijab and I remember when I didn't used to wear it and I was I was like all fine but now that I wear it I feel so like <laughs> empowered that I'm wearing it mm-hmm. because there's so many people that they when they're working they how do you say they like they want to wear it but they just can't because they're restricted by their job and mm-hmm. obviously if you don't have any other options then you have to do it yeah. but us that we can wear it freely and I can for example I'm gonna I'm gonna go study law I can do that with my you know my hijab and my religious beliefs and everything but there was a time in her time that she had to quit her job because she wanted so much she wanted to wear it so much that she just couldn't do it she just mm-hmm. couldn't she used to wear it um outside of her, of her like breaks I see. like she was she was working she couldn't and i just think it's so you can just tell like how much her iman is you know how strong her iman is definitely yeah because it's such a hard decision you can't because flight attendant as well it's such a good like job a good salary and everything but 
like I said in my thought of the week, the this is so temporary, and the fact that she worries is gonna have she's gonna have so many rewards in you know afterlife. Of course. Any thoughts on me, Yeah, I think the fact that people nowadays it's great because we don't have to compromise our faith, but there are loads of people who had, that was a real struggle for them. Um, you know, having to draw a line between faith and then their work in kind of the wider social setting. Um, but alhamdulillah we're really lucky that we're at a point where we can do the things that we want to do without having to compromise our beliefs i know honestly we are so lucky and not enough it doesn't matter if you don't wear the hijab or not the fact that we as women just as women we're allowed to do things that we want without being restricted exactly. is just such a good how do you say such a good improvement mm. so i just shared the you know when i said that the, it was banned so basically what happened is mm. that 16 years ago this football match was in canada uh, her name was asmahan mansoor she was aged 11 to keep that in mind she was aged 11 11 before the match started the referee's whistle has had been blown and they told her to remove her, uh, her hijab if she wanted to play because it went against the rules set out by the sport buddy mm-hmm. at the time then the issue went to obviously the soccer association and stuff like that and then what they did is that they lifted that hijab imagine that little girl being 11 mm. being told that you can't play with your hijab on and mm. having to take it off especially in front mm. of everyone to play it's <sighs> honestly it's so horrible and that's why i'm saying the the fact that she went to the world cup and she's wearing it she's literally representing islam yeah. it's just such a good inspirational because now everyone that wants to do it and they were like oh no i don't know i think i'm gonna take it off I'm, i think I'm, i don't can't do it i can't do it now that she can see you know so yeah that's why that's all i wanted to say um apparently there was a risk of injury if she was wearing it oh okay uh, <laughs> a risk of injury by wearing your hijab that's what, mm, <laughs> that's what i'm thinking <laughs> you're never restricted by anything mm. so that's gonna be our hot topic do you want to add anything else no, I think we said everything needs to be said. All right. So should we just move to our main topic? Main topic, yeah, we can. Okay, so our main topic is different generations, different perspectives. Obviously, we have like four minutes left for the first half, so we'll continue in the second half. Mm-hmm. You can always let us know your thoughts um, and you can WhatsApp us at all triple seven nine four eight one eight two two if you want to tell us if you're, I don't know, scared of growing old, scared of having white hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're going to be talking about after this um, break. So I'm just going to ask you a question that we can, um, you know, finish off now. And then in the next one, I'll just ask you like a deep one. Okay. So um, let me say, I just want to ask you, are you the first generation in uh, you the first generation in your family to go to university? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> just, just checking to know what question I could ask. So how do different generations approach the concept of retirement and finding purpose in their later years? Oh, I I couldn't look for an easy like question, so this is a really loaded one. <laughs> so so just to just so I know that I've got your question right, it's kind of how do different generations um, kind of think about retirement, and what was the second part? Oh wait, before we get into the question, let yeah. me just read something just for so everyone. Bev- so we can we'll do this in the second half, alright? Okay, fine, fine. I just have some notes that I took yesterday. So for everyone who's listening, I just want to to put yourself in the bracket that I'm going to tell you by the years of like the name of every generation. So baby mo- baby boomers, they're from uh, 1946 to 1964. Then we have Generation X, which is 1965 to 1980. Then millennials from 1981 to 1996. And then the new generations now. So the Generation Z is 1997 to 2012, which is me and Lamisa. Oh, I see. And then it's Generation Alpha, which is 2013 <laughs> and onwards. Okay. <laughs> so just uh, for everyone. And it's Generation Y. No, did, I just make, generation. did I just make that up? I think it was, isn't it, isn't it always been generations that Gen Z, that's why it's called it? Yeah, Gen Z. But then I thought the next one doesn't even make sense to be Gen Y. I just made that up. <laughs> Where did you get the wife from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't uh, know. If, I don't know how accurate alpha. this is, everyone. By the way, I just look. It, I looked it up from ChatGPT. I just thought it would be a nice little, you know, thinking time for you to know what bracket you're in and where we're gonna talk to. So you know what we're gonna really because we go, we are gonna be talking about stereotypes and we are gonna mention the generation like names and stuff like that. So just so um everyone knows. Me and Lemisa and Generation Z. It's so surprising to read that 
everyone in my family, uh, from my siblings, we're Generation Z. Then my brother, he's <laughs> born in 2014. Mm-hmm. His generation Alpha. Mm. Oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe this. So what about you? Is everyone your siblings in the same generation? Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. Oops. And oh. then my parents, they would be in. No, even millennials, you know, they ge- oh, Generation X. I think you got confused by that. Okay. Generation X would be my parents. And then millennials is from 1981 onwards. Okay. So both my parents are Generation X. Generation X. So there's two generations before us. So yes. Generation X and then there's millennials. Yeah. We're not in that bracket. No. Then Generation yep. Okay. So that's for everyone to know. We're just going to talk about that. We're going to talk about stereotypes so we have i'm just gonna read out some just for everyone to get in talk so for example lazy millennials and entitled gen z i'm really excited to talk about entitled gen z one because i think we get a lot of pressure in this generation to do stuff because Mm. we don't do it as the older generations used to obviously older generations they have it harder you know but i think everyone in this generation should take a chill pill to us <laughs> because we're trying to do everything we can. We also have, for example, technology averse boomers and tech tech addicted Gen C. Mm. How do you think technology will? I'm not going to ask you this question. I think we're about to end, but we're going to talk about technology in this generation, in the older generations, and then how technology is going to go on and on. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to the second half of Sister Speak. So, in the first half, we were talking a little bit about the hijab. We were talking about Nohaila Benzina. She was the first hijabi in the World Cup. We spoke about our thoughts of um, our thoughts for the week. But now, in our second half, like I was saying in the first half before um, I got cut off, <laughs> well, we're going to talk about different generations, different perspectives. Like I said, fears of getting old. So I'm just going to get straight into it. And I'm going to ask you the question that I asked you before. So how has technology influenced the experiences of different generations as they age? Wow, that's an interesting question. Technology is a big thing in this generation, you know. Um, and the way in which we use it. I think it's interesting because... Um, I feel oh, like it's so affected all of us. Oh, sorry, let me say your mic. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> At least I've got my voice now. Uh, <laughs> mic four. You mic four. Um, so, I think that I was saying that is a very interesting question, um, and the way that technology has affected generations. I think it's interesting because technology has become such an important part of everyone's life. I feel like it's affected us all in the same way. Because we spend loads and loads of time on our phone scrolling through social media. My parents do the exact same thing. Um, so whilst when they were at our age, they would have been doing something different. Um, because technology has become such a big part of everyone's lives, I don't think it's a generational thing. I think everyone uses it. And that's just because technology is so convenient and in some ways addictive. So yeah. Yeah, well, and you know, I never thought about it that, that way because technology is developing as we grow. Yes. So every single time is a new thing for us and for everyone else. Um, but I think, for example, my, I don't know, my parents, they don't use social media at all except for like WhatsApp. Okay. And that's something. But that's their social media, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of depends on who, but they just, they just think it's so like complicated for them so that's why they don't do it they make us do everything but for example my brother he's he knows how to do like he teaches my mom how to do stuff babies can go on phones open youtube and watch whatever video they want to watch babies i've literally seen like eight month old children do this (laughs) and i'm like how how you know how actually that um how depressing it is because you did when I was um, like I don't know three. when I was eight months old do you remember when you were eight months old three <laughs> when I was I don't know six or seven I never I didn't have a phone until I was I don't know twelve or something and the only phone that I had was one of the it was like Hello Kitty phone with like buttons so you couldn't even talk with anyone why did I say buttons that, that was a toy 
<laughs> yeah, it was a toy, but you could you could call people. I just didn't oh. have the credit and stuff like that. I see, I see. Okay, fine. But now my brother literally has like a Samsung. Like, how can you? I I think it's so like deteriorating because then now they can see everything. And you know, when you were um young, did you see any like YouTube restricted for kids and stuff? There wasn't any of that. Oh no. Or maybe it was, and we didn't. No, know I think YouTube. So YouTube was there. I think YouTube got quite big when I was in junior school. Or start of high school so like year six year seven mm. that's when it really started getting big because i remember what i what we mainly used to do because even even when i was younger and i know i'm not like that you're not like uh i'm not that old baby <laughs> i want to say that sounds really bad but anyway um, we're in the same generation just yeah about. even when i was younger it's not like we we had tv and that's all that we would watch but there was no other like there wasn't my parents going on your phone like going on my parents phone wasn't a big thing because their phones were just for calls yeah um the the only things that we had technology wise in the same way that we use our phones today would probably be like games consoles maybe but that's about it really um so it's it's almost strange to think that if we think from 2010 through to 2015 there was like a huge jump in how often we use our phones and what we use them for um yeah, it's just interesting to see. Yeah, doesn't now in nowadays because the phone uh, being used by like people, um, like I don't know, boys or whatever, boys and girls below fourteen. Like my brother, for example, he's eight. There are so many restrictions because at this young age, they're exposed to so many content that they shouldn't see as kids for like um, you know bad words and stuff like that. And they do YouTube videos. So what I would what i would do when i was young i never used i never even saw that there was um an option to restrict videos or to restrict it just just to kids and now that i see it now it's like it's such a huge you know development i think it's really deteriorating for their mental health as well because Mm. the first thing that they want to do after they come from like school or anything is just use their phones i mean we do that as well but i remember when i was in school i never all i used to do is i used to come home leave my bag and then go out again with my friends like to the park or something but then now maybe like um people who are in generations gone by would have said that at our age in their kind of late teens 20s 30s they would go come back home from work and actually do things to relax whereas we just kind of a lot of us not everyone obviously but a lot of us do find um you know our way of switching off is going on the phone and mindlessly scrolling through yeah content. honestly it's so bad every time i i talk about it on my own radio is uh, i go home and for the rest of the week i'm like i don't want to use my phone but then i always end up doing it again mm. and it's so it's so draining sometimes sometimes i find myself just scrolling for the sake of scrolling there's nothing there it's interesting because the two weeks that i spent in Bangladesh, obviously i was doing stuff and i was with other people i didn't use my phone at all like when i honestly say the only reason why i used it was to call my parents and that was it going on i stopped going on whatsapp i stopped going on youtube i i couldn't go on instagram because my phone didn't have storage and so i actually couldn't use instagram um that was good for you (laughs) but like it's weird because um i was doing things and i was talking to people i i felt a bit more energized and not as drained yeah that's a really good point you made you know because (laughs) we are talking about technology in our country in the uk but for example in Bangladesh, did you see any um any kids that like they were at your age seven eight with like big phones yeah in Bangladesh, is obviously like they have everyone has phones like that as well i feel like kids are crazy for phones too but I was just lucky because my phone didn't have storage and so I actually couldn't use it. In those <laughs> you ways. use it anyway. I was forced to not use it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, well, no, man, just don't. But when, for example, when I go back home, when I go to India, I know my cousins, like little ones, they don't have any phones or really? anything. Really? Yeah. I think it, it just depends, I think, on the area that you're in. Maybe. But in this country, everyone that's our age or even like seven, eight, they have their own phone. Do you think it's a good or bad thing? Let's talk I about think it's a really that. bad thing. I'm always I when my mom was thinking of giving my brother a phone, just so, you know those iPad kids think. I was like, don't do it. He's gonna just sit at home. He's gonna sit. And she was like, what? What am I gonna do? And I was like, well, just tell him to go outside or something. And then when he when he got it, then I started being the second mom, like my mom says, and you know restricting and stuff. And I think it's really bad because you you're talking to them and they're just not listening to you they're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and honestly sometimes you find sometimes it's funny because you're like what the flip but i just i just find it so deteriorated i don't want my brother to be obsessed with his phone when he's mm. like 
old i want him to you know live life like i did <laughs> i wasn't that much of a wow but you know in my childhood i used to do so many things and using my phone was the least of my chores i'm gonna put it like that I do you see. think it's a good or bad thing um i don't know because i feel like we don't know it's such a new it's technically such a new thing it's really hard for us to know i mean i guess we are seeing some of the effects you know things like increased loneliness the effects that we're seeing on mental health um and maybe the effects that it's having on social interaction um but it's such a new thing and there are very obvious good things that come from it um, and technology has made our life so much easier i think we do all need to kind of talk to each other a bit more we need to have like a balance between using like technology and you know real life yeah that's and sure. you know yeah what were you gonna say no that i was just agreeing oh <laughs> thank you <laughs> um and I was, i'm just gonna mention i just find it so um weird and cute that there's um like old people like uh, our elders and they're going to, th- to this this is like master classes on how to use your phone they're like free yes i just want to mention it i just find it so cute that they because us to us it's like instant isn't it we just know how to do it they're just instructions that but they teach you a lot of really good things in these classes you, uh, <laughs> things that we wouldn't know i haven't been but i've had a taster session when i got my phone fixed the other day when it died on me um wow. and they're good they like teach you different features that you wouldn't know so uh, yeah, if you if you ever need a tutorial on your phone, like go go to your phone provider and um, try and book a class. <laughs> Thank you, let me have that great advice. <laughs> no, I just um, what was I saying? Yeah, so um, elder people, uh, the fact that they have this new technology, this new phone, and they don't know how to use it, I just find it really really cute because uh, my my grandma back home, she has a phone, she doesn't know how to use it, so every time we call her, she never answers because she doesn't know how to oh. do it. <laughs> And whenever I when I went, I gave her like a proper you know master class as well. And I was like, "This is how you do it. If I call you, this is what you have to press." And she was like, "Tick tick Like, okay, okay, I'll, that's fine. Yeah. And then when I go back home, it's like, "Oh my god!" And all my cousins do it for her. Yeah. <laughs> I just I I you know I really like old people because they they <laughs> they were spoken as a true eighteen year old. <laughs> No, yeah, because I don't know. I just find them so cute. They they went through the whole life and everything, and they're trying to adapt now. And the way they do it, I just I just really want. I just have that urge to help them all the time. Yeah, that's just sweet. Okay, next question. We're gonna move on from generations about about aging and scared of getting old, like we said like fifty times during the show. So, what are some common misconceptions about aging, and how can we challenge them? misconceptions there's a, I think there's a lot of sections isn't it there's misconceptions so aging like in women and stuff like that I think there's there's so many misconceptions and there's so many I think it's interesting because we as we grow older we see the people around us who who are our adults and they get older too and I think that concept of aging is very distant to us until you see it happening in real life um and sometimes I look at my parents and I do I hope they're not listening but I do sometimes see like um you know signs of them not being how I always think of them being yeah yeah um and it's like crazy to think that they are growing older and you're growing older too it's interesting. It's like a, a I don't know why. Um, but it's a very it's a very interesting thing, and it it shows you kind of the process of what life is. At the end of the day, we're not infinite beings. We're finite beings. We have an ending, and we are all growing old. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And it doesn't. And it's not. I think for a lot of people, growing older put to them puts limits on things and i think that's why a lot of us are so scared of aging because we feel like um it's going to put a stop to the things that we do but i think what's important is that we need to see people who haven't had their life limited by age <clears throat> who still go on to do things at 60 70 80 years old who are fit and healthy human beings um and i think for a lot of us if aging and being limited by our age is something that we're scared about we should try and make a change starting from now to ensure that that doesn't happen because i feel like you know um there are quite a few things you can try and do to prevent your age being a limiting factor but i feel like that's where most of our fears as young people stems from 
Yeah, the age. Um, you know, there's nothing. There's you can't. You don't want to do it just because you think you can't do it, but you can always do it. It doesn't matter what age you are. And I'm just gonna come come back to the point of the um, parents that you said. I didn't have that as a question, but I think it's so. It makes me it makes me so emotional because I I I can see my parents. You know how you said like you can see your parents, and every day there's something new that like I don't know their head is hurting more than it used to they have this they have that and it, they, they are like you it's just i relate to you so much i mean in terms of how you see your parents do you because whenever i think of my parents i think of the 36 year olds that took me to school every day and back you know those those people like that's who i that's who i see when i think of my parents um and then when you see that when they're in front of you and they're showing like we're going through albums or things like that and you see pictures of when they're like yeah. 10 15 20 years ago they look you can see the difference and that's when it hits me that like this process is happening so they're not the 36 year olds that are always in my head because I'm already 23 so the maths is not matching there <laughs> um, the maths is <laughs> but in terms of that like you know you see that happening and I think it's it's important because you need to realise that you know they're obviously not always going to be there we're obviously not always going to be there and actually there's so much that we should do to support them um, in that process yeah, you know the concept of um, your parents having a life before you is just so wow to me. For example, yeah. when I see, like you said, when you see your albums, you're like, you had, you know, friends, you used to go to school, you used to do this, you used to do that. And it's just, to us, our parents are just people that provide for us and, you know, people that we just see every day. We're just so used to, like, you know, talking with them every day. And, but, you know, they had their lives as well. They had their dreams. That they, they had their dreams. They had their dreams. And I think this is why they sacrifice in, in some ways. And I feel like this is a common story amongst people of our heritage is that our parents did sacrifice their dreams so that we could essentially live ours and maybe some of theirs as well <laughs> yeah I've, I've never actually asked my mom what she wanted to do she never replies really? when I, yeah when i used to, when i asked her what my mom was my uh, got married when she was 18 19 i think so basically my age mm-hmm. um whenever i ask her what did you like what would you want to study if you went to university she never answers me <laughs> <laughs> she just airs me mm. I don't know why I found this because she got married so young I feel like she obviously moved to Spain after she got married so she didn't have that time to study kind of adapt to the new country so she was doing so many things at once mm. and I really feel for her because she maybe wanted to be I don't know a lawyer or a doctor but I guess we'll never know you so, can go and ask her I can go and ask her she just never answers I don't know why <laughs> mama you're listening to this <laughs> just answer me please um so yeah, our parents growing up is is a really emotional moment, and uh, the more I grow up, I just want my parents to see what I'm doing and achieving, so I can make them proud for the sacrifices they made. Yeah. So uh, me going to, for example, me and my sister going to university is a big thing in our family because I think we're the first generation oh, yeah. in our family. To so go. let me ask you, how is that, and how is navigating that? Because I thought that that was one of your questions. <laughs> it's really, it's really hard you know i'm not i'm not gonna lie because you don't know the whole university process i think is a really difficult one Mm -hmm. and going through all the papers and all the forms and everything there's things that i don't know what they mean but neither do my parents so Mm -hmm. we we have to do we just have to like google it google it and stuff like that and the whole process of i don't know moving up i'm i think i'm gonna say i'm lucky because my sister is the first first one and then i'm right after yeah. So I've, I've seen my sister doing all this, but is it has been really hard for all of us mm. um, because none of my parents went to university, and mm. but now uh, our us going to university is like a role for my brother. So now they know what to do, yeah. and when they go, probably it's gonna be probably easier. Maybe. But honestly, going as the first first thing is really hard because it's just really hard. You know, you know, come, we came here, and you know, you need funding. There's so many things involved in moving out and being independent. But just the fact that we're going and that we're studying something, I just want to give back to my parents what they did for me mm. during those years. That's interesting. Because even though I'm not the first person in my family to go to university, their, their university experiences is different to mine because they went so many years before me. And not only that, my mom obviously went to uni in a different country. So it's like different. Um, but I do 
share that experience with you of being the first person to try and figure those types of things out so my accommodation which uni I'm going to navigating that whole process um, but also applying to a course where no one in my family does has ever done that course um, all of those types of things they they are quite difficult um, but we're lucky in a sense because we're in a generation where everything uh, all the information find, that yeah. we need we can find it luckily um, so yeah Thank you, Lemisa, for um, sharing that. I'm just going to ask you the I'm just thinking about. Um, so how have the experiences and challenges of previous generations shaped you personally? So, for example, my parents struggling to come here and <laughs> learn the language. I think they shaped me personally because I started being so independent of like filling out forms and stuff like that when I was young. And those challenges that they went through i was there as well and because i spoke it was my first spanish was my first language so i felt like i was a bit you know like there for my mom for example how her right hand when she had to like fill out forms or go to the shops and stuff like that mm. so yeah that's what i'm gonna say my my parents the first generation to move out of you know the country that they're from Wow. That's how it shaped me. What it about you, Lisa? You. Wow, that's like a really tangible, direct, like shaping of you and your personality and things like that, um, which is really great. Uh, I think personally, it's, it's similar for me, to be honest. I think about the struggles that my parents have been through um, growing up and the things that they have done for me over the years to get me to where I am. And I 100% say this all the time. I would never be here without their backing. It's just uh, so Alhamdulillah, I'm very, very lucky I in the people that. who I have that are supporting me because without them, that this would not be possible. Um, and so I think shaping me in that sense, it shaped my mindset going forward that I know that I'm very, very lucky. Um, I know that the opportunities that I have, not everyone has. And so it makes me want to use them all the more as much as I can to the to the best of my ability to make sure that I've... I've made the best use out of the opportunities that are available to me, I guess. Yeah. This is very rewarding when you think about it, but it also puts so much <coughs> pressure on us. Sure. Yes. Like I they so. struggle in their generation, but now us, we're trying to give back to them and we're like, it's also a bit draining, I'm going to say, but mm. it always, there's always the, the balance is always the fact that, my, you know, my parents are proud. Mm. My parents are happy that I'm doing something. I see. That's, that's quite interesting, actually. Uh, I remember I went to this um, this, this uncle's house and basically my dad and his background is like the same they used they like had plenty of like odd jobs and stuff mm -hmm. like that so when I was leaving he said make sure that he was asking me about university and he said okay buy study and don't end up like your dad and I just thought why would you say that in front of my dad as well my I just I just felt so like and my dad was just standing there and I was like it's not a nice thing to say okay. but my dad says the same thing because you don't want to be you know, you. My dad just wants me to have a degree. Mm. <laughs> just, just wants to me, wants me to have a set of life. But you can't do if you have any odd jobs. But I don't know. The sentence really hit me at the at the time. Mm. Let's just move on to the next question before we start getting emotional. <laughs> what are some no? What are some as some positive aspects of growing older that often get overlooked or underestimated? We talked about the uh, negative aspects a little bit. I think. Mm. What are some positive aspects? I think it would have been really nice to have someone who um has gone through the whole process and you know has a few quite a few years on us to hear their experiences so yeah, really nice um i think generally as i'm getting slightly older um from let's say when i think back to when i was in your stage and now where i am um i feel like you just learn so much and you learn how to navigate not only your experiences with other people but your experiences with yourself your kind of feelings and your emotions and how you can um like i said navigate that um and also religiously as well you kind of learn things about yourself learn things about your religion and learn more and more about you know purpose in life and things like that i feel like with time all of those things come through and you gain a lot more clarity yeah. and i feel like that whole process of of life in general is so confusing um and growing up is also very very confusing and when you're a new adult and when you're an adult i'm sure and you have your kids and things like that all of it is like first times every yeah. single step is the first time for you and so after having navigated through all of that and 
you know, being at a point where you're kind of done with it all um, and now you're living your life generally with all of those lessons in hand. I feel like that is somewhat a somewhat powerful position to be in. Growing up, like you said, it's confusing, but it's also inevitable. Like, no matter yeah. how much you complain about growing yeah. old, it's happening every day. Like, yeah. every day is something new. <laughs> every yeah. day you're growing a day. You know, it's, it's inevitable. And having anxiety about it, I think it's so important that you have to... Obviously, I'm talking about I'm scared of getting old. And I was talking with you, Lemisa, that I'm scared of getting old. But it's inevitable. And it, there's no point in stressing about over it because it's happening. And... You you rather live in the present than think about how you how old you're gonna how you're gonna look in the future when you're old and stuff like that. It's just I think also it's that concept of I think these days I've been thinking about the concept of growing old beautifully and the point where you can see this person's like life and the happiness on their face is like really quite important. I think a lot of us we we're scared about the appearances and things like that. Um but for example, as I see the people in my family who are growing old, not just my parents, but my uncles and my aunts and yeah. other people, and you still see the smiles and you hear their laughs and you hear their stories, which are the the same that they've been telling for God knows how long. Like that young, them themselves, they're still like young, that they're still them yeah. at the end of the day. Um, and I think that's what we need to focus on is that. Um, beautiful journey that we see. <laughs> What's growing every day is like the personality, you know, the the inside body kind of thing. The outside is obviously growing as well, but the important part is the inside, isn't it? Um, before we end the show, I just have two minutes. Um, do you do you want me to ask any other question, or should we talk a bit about stereotypes? We have two minutes. Do you think we're gonna have time? Um, for example, the technology averse boomers and tech addicted gen c so is it fair to assume that baby boomers this is the first first generation so from 1946 and so on are resistant to technology while gen z is dependent on it um i think gen z is is dependent on it i don't think boomers necessarily are um what do you call it you know resistant to technology i feel like loads of people of all age groups like i said i feel like loads of people of all age groups have adapted to technology and and use it um a lot yeah yeah i feel like it's a a generation all generations kind of yeah, like thing. we discussed but we're definitely we, dependent that's yeah for sure <laughs> yeah like we discussed in the beginning baby movers i think are like the 80 year old people that's yeah. where they're like they think they you know when they say get off your phones you're so addicted oh this generation you know those typical sentences that you hear that's what they're talking about but in this day and age we all are dependent on technology and everything we do depends on it i think so anyways we are coming to the end of the show if you have any thoughts do let us know at sister speak on our instagram we you can also comment on facebook live at inspired from luton thank you for listening assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.